So it's that time again, guys. It's time for another podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm James. I'm Scott. And I'm Sean. So on the agenda today, we're going to uh, start things off with our like roundtable news segment, where we just kind of tell you a little bit what's going on with each of us, and uh, and uh, that's basically it. So uh, James, you want to start us off? Right. So is anyone actually interested in the new movements? Does anyone know much about it? Only that it's been in production for ages and delayed loads of times. So well, that's what I'm actually going into it, because the, the production story on this is nuts. Because the director is the same director that did um, The Fault in Our Stars, which came out ages ago, I think it was 2014, right? And he came, he finished that movie, straight off the back of it, he pitched The New Mutants, which was then agreed to. So this was back in around 2015, 2016. That's when it started casting. 2017 was they, when they actually shot the film. So this was like Maisie Williams is one of the cast members of this. And this was during like season six that she was also recording this live Game of Thrones. So like around about the time that she's in Bravos, like being blind is the same time she was filming this. And then they were originally, it was finished. It's been finished for ages. They were originally going to release it um, in 2018, but they delayed it for Deadpool 2, which is just nuts when you think about it. Because like Deadpool 2 feels like it was so long ago. And then they went... What what, what was a while ago? They've even bought out the edited version over the 12e version yeah i know it's absolutely insane like that was so that was over two so that's, i think that's two years ago now and then like dark, when dark phoenix was supposed to come out that was supposed to be the new moon mutant date but they pushed it back again and then it was supposed to come out in march of this year but obviously coronavirus pushed it back so it's now been set for a cinema release of august this year so I'm just wondering what apocalypse is going to happen next to stop it coming out because there's just no way it's coming out. <laughs> well, if if uh, if this you know if coronavirus carries on, it won't be coming out this year and it will get pushed to next year. So by the time we see it, Maisie Williams will be like in her forties. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she is. It's an unreal situation. Like I don't think I've ever heard of a movie being pushed back this often. But it's quite frustrating because I don't know about you guys, but I kind of want to see it. Yeah, after seeing the trailer, I kind of look like like the look of it. So they've gone more of, of a horror feel rather than flat exactly. action. Yeah, it's because the last few X-Men films have not been very good. So the idea of getting a sort of a new take on the X-Men franchise is something I'm really keen to see. But for some reason, I guess they just don't have a lot of confidence in it because obviously they pushed it back for Dark Phoenix, which was a terrible film. So if they're pushing it back for a terrible film, I'm a little bit worried that it's really quite bad. But I don't see how it can be worse than that. He doesn't see, but it probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the the concept behind it of um yeah this sort of younger take, this like darker take on it instead of the sort of more brightly coloured X Men films we've had recently. Yeah, it sounds. Is, yeah, yeah, the films sort of concentrated more on the mutant aspect. The uh, all the flashy powers. This looks like it's more concentrating on actual story and the dark genre. Exactly. Yeah. It it's definitely got a different feel to it, and maybe that's why they didn't have the confidence to put it out because it is well, a dark film and yeah. it's dark times. Yeah, that would make sense. It's not. It's and it's also just the case of it's. It's not in the X Men franchise. Like they're not like Apocalypse and. Um, I don't know how well Dark Phoenix did, but I mean, the ones, all the ones before have made quite a bit of money. So I guess they're banking on the fact that it's a franchise people know, whereas New Mutants isn't branded in the same way, is it? 
We'll have to wait and see where it goes because at the moment we're kind of speculating on something that's been in production for a very long time. So it might just be one of those that we you know, keep an eye on and we see how it looks closer towards the final release date. Well, hopefully it'll actually come out in August. Uh. Okay, so, so so what we'll do is we'll, we'll do another podcast closer to August telling you that it's all been delayed and then we'll look at it again next year. Well, at this point, surely they should just put it onto streaming. Like it's clearly not... It's clearly like not destined for the cinema. Well, why don't you put a pin in that? Because we're going to come to that later. All right. How about you, how about you Sean? How about you, Scott? What have you got for us? Which one? Take your pick, <laughs> boys. Go on, Sean. Speak at the same time. Okay. So, um, yeah, speaking about movies then. So the directing pair, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who made Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and then the Lego movie, and then the 21 Jump Street and sequel. Um, then got stuck with Solo, which didn't work out for them. They announced on Friday, I think, that they are going to direct the next movie novelization um, from Andy Weir, who made The Marsh, who uh, wrote The Martian, which was the Matt Damon movie, which was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed oh, that right. film. Yeah, so they're going to direct that um, with Ryan Gosling. So the book's not out yet, but it has directors and it has a star. Um, so one to keep an eye on and one I'll be really looking forward to. It'd be quite interesting to see because I'm really kind of gutted that we didn't get to see their vision for Solo because obviously it didn't turn out brilliantly. Even even though Solo you know, wasn't as well received as people are expecting it to be i think hands down it's a thousand times better than the last star wars film okay yes like, let's, not get, <laughs> let's not start the controversy now i mean i totally agree with you we, we, but... could, we could take up the entire podcast for this one <laughs> <laughs> okay do you, do you do, james do they know about your your episode with at the episode yeah the other day? yeah well i we i me and sean watched it at the same time so we both went into it expecting to enjoy it more than we yeah. had before we both came out like oh Oh, so you both might realise, oh, actually, this is a pile of shit. I rewatched the last Star Wars movie last week with my son, right? And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's still I... a good movie. You came... I came out of the cinema <laughs> absolutely loving it. My opinion. Look, don't make fun of the Welshness. It's the only diversity we have in this podcast, right? <laughs> That's what I bring to the table. It's a diversity. <laughs> the, the Welsh aspect. So, yeah, when I came out of the cinema for, um, what was it, what's it even called? Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I, I loved it. I came out of it like, that was great. And um, my partner looked, was like, you actually enjoy that? I was like, Rise yeah, of I the Skywalker it. was a better film than the previous two iterations. I... No. 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 Yes. No. Yes. We watched it again the other night and I finished watching it and I was like, was I on crack when I went and watched it cinema? <laughs> It's a good film. Okay. It's in no way a good film. <laughs> so, it is a good film. <laughs> You've got to listen to the minority, James. It was a good film for him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think I think we could do an entire segment on this, but yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this up, James. <laughs> I do think I I am looking forward to um, giving them another shot because I do think that they like Solo was probably let down by the fact they left because they seem to have quite a good sort of a bit more of a fun vision for it and it became a bit more serious i think with um was it ron howard who took over ron howard yeah 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 that's like one just... of the rumors that they were they were doing too much improvisation going too much off script being, yeah being exactly too funny that, for, um... obviously that doesn't fit with the whole 
Disney mantra of we're kind of, the Disney are in control and this is what we do. So it seems like that's why they got kicked off. Well, you've seen the the South Park where where, where Mickey literally rules the world. So I mean, it just cascades into real life, doesn't it? Well, exactly. And I just think I think they they probably did have quite a good vision for that. So it'd be quite good to give them another opportunity, really, because they it does seem they got a little bit screwed over on that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's one to look forward to, and we'll have to see uh, where it all goes. Uh, what do you have for us, Scott? I've got the recent trailer for the um, Unreal Engine 5. Did anybody else get a chance to see it? What is the Unreal Engine, Scott? Tell us all about it. Well, the Unreal Engine is engine that Epic uh, Games make. It's a video game engine, of course, and they've shown off all the new technology that hopefully Microsoft and Sony will be utilizing in the next gen. So is this the trailer? I saw a trailer. Um, With the on... Lara Croft lookalike. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that one. She's walking through a cave. Yeah, that's that yeah. one. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering how much money uh, Sony actually threw at the Epic to put something looking like that in that trailer. Well, the you've got um, just to give a little bit of backstory on the on the Unreal Engine, just for people that have played the older games. You know, it's the same. It's the same engine that Gears of War and things like that were based on. So you know, it's been it's been in the video game industry for a very long time, and we've been Unreal using Unreal Engine Four, is, yeah. yeah, for a very long time. So to see five, like in just what it can do and what it's capable of, it's it's kind of a game changer. So what can yeah, it yes, do? It is. Uh, I think the question is, what can it do, James? Okay, no, but the question is, what can it do? <laughs> They were mostly showing off uh, new lighting features more than anything and tri- triangles. Lots of triangles were emphasized in the trailer. It was, um, yeah, so, um, so that, yeah, like, like um, Scott's touching on there, they were trying uh, to show the light and how it moves and cascades and how it's kind of like quite pretty and quite real. But yeah, like he was mentioning on the triangles, um, one of the huge things for game developers is um, like polygons and pixels and triangles and the, the the shapes and geometry that make up characters and modeling and things. And basically the new engine kind of does away with all of that and does it in a completely different way. And that's why they they were able to push so many triangles and uh, effects into that. Was it around that. 8 billion Yeah, it was, it was a huge amount of triangles. So that when massive, you see... Massive, massive amount. Yeah, yeah. And when you see that um, they like change the the overlay they overlay how many triangles are on the screen and it just yeah. looks like a blue mess it looks like avatar yeah so, <laughs> so is this just... essentially what it's allowing developers to do is put in um cinematic quality images 8k textures straight up to make the game look far far crisper right, yeah so just to heighten just to bring that realism like to the next level because when you play like a game at 1080p or 4k it's using like a 1080p texture pack or 4k texture pack to be able to push cinema quality like 8k and 12k assets and things into a game engine is is incredible so it's just another step towards photorealism in games isn't it? yeah yes yeah. i think that's oh, the obviously way. i mean this engine doesn't officially get released until 2021 next year so when the new consoles release later this year we're still not going to see all this quite implemented and even then it's going to take a year or two before developers actually get the most out of the new engine so we got a we got a we got a little ways to wait, but a hell of a teaser. Yeah, I mean tech demos you've always got to take with a pinch of salt, because with the tech demo itself, they always get the best of what they can. It's all pre-scripted. There's no AI having to be calculated at the time. 
But what we've seen with the Unreal Engine 4 was before that was released and the PS4 was released, by the time the last generation was ending, they actually exceeded um, the tech demo in terms of quality by the end of the generation. So I'm excited to see what this can do. Well, it's one to look forward to in 2021, just like the uh, the inevitable delay of New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking to the future. <laughs> yeah, we're looking to the future of everything, boys. It's what, it's what we've got to do. I mean, um, you know, just to uh, throw it in there, guys, we we were, if, if we're looking into the future, I mean, we might even see John in, the, in a podcast way, way into <laughs> we'll the get, future. We may get lucky. <laughs> we may get lucky. <laughs> Um, okay, so then uh, that'd be the final ones from me. So it's not going to be anything too in-depth like uh, the rest of the team have discussed, but I stumbled across a new show. Uh, it's an Amazon exclusive. I think it aired the 1st of May. So it's called Upload, and the premise is um, effectively when you die, so it's set in the future, and when you die, uh, you can... And if you have the money, there are these... Uh, you can be uploaded. So you're uploaded into these virtual worlds, so... Um, basically the more like money you've got in the bank like when you die or the more money your family's got like the kind of the better of the place you can go so um it's about a, a guy that dies gets uploaded and um it's kind of like him finding himself in this world and figuring out you know the suspicious circumstances around how he died and there's loads of really cool futuristic um, giz- um elements to it like for example there's this boy that's died when he was like 12 and his parents won't let his avatar age. So every time his parents talk to him, he's still a 12-year-old, even though he's about 20. <laughs> so the way that he kind of keeps sane is he has all of the virtual NPC stuff, like the hotel stuff or whatever. He has them set into Street Fighter mode. So <laughs> you see them doing Street Fighter moves on each other <laughs> in the background and season things. And um, yeah, it's absolutely nuts. It's so, so crazy, like what they've conceptualized. It's definitely worth a watch. So this is Amazon's version of Altered Carbon. Yeah, it's kind of like a bit of Altered Carbon crossed with um crossed with more of a lovey uh kind of story because uh like the kind of what do you call them like the tech support woman um who is like his guardian he like angel yeah his angel as Sean's mentioned yeah the uh his angel kind of like they get close and she can go and visit him in like VR and it kind of brings a lot of the tech technologies we're on the cusp of quite um right in the right into the forefront of maybe what could be possible and it's quite uh mind-bending really well they say that the singularity is supposed to happen what in the next like 40 50 years which is when we're supposed to be able to upload our minds to computers god that's all we need is for ryan to last longer <laughs> oh he won't make it that long he's already he's already <laughs> aged enough already the wit Okay, so now we're going to move on to our middle section, which is we're going to chat about The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, I think it's been confirmed. Is it? It's definitely confirmed because they're already filming Season 3. I, is it coming out later this year or is it next year? Does anyone know? I'm is sure it, I read somewhere it's coming out at the end of this year. It would make sense because it came out the end of last year in the US at least. So that would make a yeah. year. That's usually yeah, the sort of they, schedule. They, they were months ahead of us. Yes. So... Yeah, so the season two be heading our way sometime soon. I'm pretty sure it's already been filmed. Um, so we're just going to chat about what we want to see from season two. So has anyone got anything they want to start with? I'd like to see more of the, man- the actual Mandalorian lore thrown in. Oh, rather yeah, than just really focusing on, on his character. The, the Mandalorian lore is so rich. There's so much history there. 
it was it's, it's a shame if if they keep that under wraps. Yeah, they've they've hinted like I don't know much about the expanded universe or any of that sort of stuff, and they've obviously they've hinted at it a little bit, specifically with the armor and like how it's really valuable to them, but they don't really talk about why so much. So that would be really interesting to see because obviously we go underground and we see a bit of their society, um, like how they work together, but it's all kind of trickled in. Yeah, obviously what we've seen in season one as well that them, the whole like enclave was was uprooted. Now I'd like to see them settle elsewhere and perhaps expand a bit more now, get more numbers and start making bigger foothold sort of in the universe again. Yeah, for sure. So just to I... just to touch back on the um, release date, I've just done a tasty bit of on the spot research. It won't be delayed because of the coronavirus. Um, mm. It is it is on track for October this year. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, so the they thing must is, have... if if they've um, already filmed everything, most of it can probably be done remotely or the editing. Yeah, and also, have you seen the making of like how they shot it? Uh, no, I haven't. So a lot of it is all inside it's like in a weird sort of bubble situation and it's like three it's like um 360 screens so all of the out exterior shots are actually inside and it's a background it's like a filmed background that they then act around which means it's a lot easier for them to do pick up like pick up shots and <clears throat> and yeah refilm anything uh with social distancing in place so compared to other like film shoots where you might have to fly out to different countries, which obviously you can't do at the moment. You can do it all in a lot. Like, I don't know where they film it, but you can do it all in one place. That's pretty cool. Where it's really fascinating. That from all of a sudden. Yeah, is, is that something new or? Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a new way of filming. And I think it's because um, obviously they want to. <laughs> Maybe use... Disney knew that it was coming. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We've stumbled upon a conspiracy now. Perhaps yeah. it's Disney's fault. Maybe, it's, maybe it's Disney's fault to push the service as it goes live in the UK. Oh my god, guys! Look what we've done. We've uncovered Disney's conspiracies. Ne- ne- never mind. They've just lost one point two billion dollars in the theme park. That's pocket change, mate, for them. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Isn't it? Dropping the but water. The the filming, the way they film it is quite incredible because it is basically like for the older Star Wars films, like the prequels, where they did all the green screen and it basically. Every, like everyone says, obviously, the films are quite wooden because they're acting with nothing there. So it's this whole idea of basically still doing green screen in that you're filming in a lot, you're filming without live set around you, but it's all, it's, it's all, it's all massive, like an, I think it's LED. It's like a massive LED screen all around you so the actors can then react to things going on. So yeah, they can do it all inside, all as if it was green screen, but it's not actually green screen. Is is anyone here like because you know a lot of people take the Mandalorian the the whole religion thing of it quite seriously? Oh, he can't remove his helmet because of the religion and blah 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 blah. Does anyone think that should have been fleshed out a bit more? I suppose that's I suppose that's in with uh, Scott's point on the lore of it and the backstory of the Mandalorians themselves. So more closer to what the source material, or just I, there was a lot of time spent in this season. Just kind of doing little side quests. <laughs> it's an RPG. Yeah, yeah, it had a good start, it had a good end, but the middle episodes of the season didn't seem to be going anywhere, and they were far, far slower than the rest of the episodes. I totally agree, and there's, I, but I've spoken to people who would say the who say the opposite, and they're like they don't really like the beginning and the end, and they like the middle ones. There's a real split in the people that like the episodes. So my least favorite episode of the season is that one where they go to the planet where they have a 
a ATST that's been like hijacked, and they have to like help this little tribal village defend yeah, against that, the ATST. I, 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 yeah, I actually really like that. It's one. Very meat car review. I, 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 I didn't mind yes, that episode actually. I see. I really dislike that one and a few others as well because yeah, I just feel I don't feel like the story really progressed too much throughout that season. There's there's so much potential with what's going on in that story with the character of the Mandalorian and the baby whole baby Yoda thing. But I think with that episode, they were trying to focus more on perhaps character development with the Mandalorian himself. I, okay, so fair enough. But do you feel that you know the Mandalorian character at all? Because I don't feel I do. Uh, no, I mean, it briefly touched on on his history and how he became a Mandalorian, but yeah. perhaps if they expanded now, next season, it'd be good if perhaps they showed his journey from that child that was rescued to the current day. I just, I really struggle to get a sense of him as a character because in the first episode, like the first thing you see him do is he comes in and he like, he's doing his bounty and he cuts someone in half with a door, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's, it's an absolute like badass moment. But then there's that bit in the prison ship where the these people betray, like all the people betray him and lock him up and are sending him away, and then he escapes. But instead of killing them, these people who have fucked him over, he just leaves them in a cell. Like I don't get, is he like a merciless killer or not? Maybe that's part of his non-character development, where you see him become more. Um, what do you call it? have more of a heart i suppose there's a there's a like a there's a small element of him starting to care for the baby yoda character where he's um he's not as cutthroat as as he is at the beginning towards the end of it yeah i so i would i think that probably makes quite a lot of sense in that maybe the baby yoda is affecting him in that way but like you say it's it's really not played up at all like you don't you don't he doesn't spend enough time being a ruthless killer in the beginning to then get softer and then us actually see it happen so well, that, the thing I really want to see really quickly. It happens it does happen really quickly, doesn't it? But in episode one he gets the job to go and find Baby Yoda. And then episode two he's handed him over and then he's on his way and then he decides he's gotta go back and rescue him again. Yeah. Well, well a, actually guys, yeah, I quite like him. I'm gonna go back. A, there is a very sudden shift and why wouldn't you go rescue Baby Yoda? Well because Baby you're a is... merciless bounty hunter. Yeah, you spend yeah. your life killing people. But it's Baby Yoda. <laughs> He doesn't know it's Baby Yoda, though. Well, exactly. And that's kind of my point, is that, like... Just, just, just look at Baby. You've only got to look at Baby Yoda. Look how cute he like, is. I'm, I'm fairly the... certain he would have seen a baby in his merciless killing lifetime. And if it didn't if it didn't fix him, like, make him more lighthearted, then how is it? How is Baby Yoda going to do that, you know? Well, I guess, yeah, that's kind of my point, is, like, in this season two, I would really like to see more of that character developed. Like, less of this like these kind of little side missions where nothing really happens. It's just sort of a little jaunt and actually kind of progress the story forward. Yeah, so hopefully it would be better, I think, if like there was just one overriding arc rather than just hopping from planet to planet, yeah. getting a little bit of trouble and then getting yeah, out of the absolutely. Oh, I've, I suppose... I've, I've got one here, actually, um, for Sean, if you don't mind, James. So hopping from planet to planet, Sean brings up a, an excellent point, and I think he knows what I'm going to say. Um so he hops from planet to planet and I'm just going to shift uh, a second to, I know Sean has been watching Firefly. So they sh- they jump <laughs> from planet to planet in Firefly, but there's a lot more story involved in that. What do you, what do you think of the comparison? Space Western, uh, Space Jedi, you know, you know, there's a lot of. Uh... Yeah, I think I'd probably go with the Mandalorian. You, you would go with the Mandalorian over Firefly. 
over Firefly, yeah. Goodness me. Goodness Peter, gracious. You, you've, you've just personally insult, insulted half the internet. Well, I, I, <laughs> half the internet, sorry. <laughs> I am... I am like, fanning myself because I am just I'm in utter disbelief. I'm trying not to faint here. Pierce in I the room back like fire fire. So maybe so, he had to be there in the moment. <laughs> you had to be in, in Firefly. On in Serenity. The, yeah. You had to be on Serenity. <laughs> yeah, oh oh Jesus. That's okay, an so I think he's broken the internet again, James. Yeah. This is if we time. had any listeners for the podcast, I think we've just lost them all. <laughs> oh, damn it, Sean. Damn it. I think you do still draw really... Firefly fans out there. I, th- I think you do draw like a, quite a good comparison, though, there, to be fair, Ryan, is they've got some... They do have some similarities, and I think the big difference between... that For me, at least, between Firefly and, them and Mandalorian is like, yeah, the characters are much more fleshed out in... In a Firefly, you really get a sense of who they all are quite early on. Whereas, I still don't. Yeah, like I said, I still don't feel like we know who the Mandalorian is. If, if you think of the the comparative kind of um, like the overarching story arc of say Firefly, it doesn't it doesn't have one immediately. You no. you've got Mal um, literally just trying to do his day to day, you know, smuggling, and then he stumbles onto River and Simon, and then you know the whole whole plot changes, and that's quite an engaging thing that keeps going throughout the entire season, despite them hopping from planet to planet, place to place, doing job to job. Whereas if you flip it to the Mandalorian, where he's yeah he's the cold blooded killer, he's doing a job again, um, but then has a an like a change of heart, like with a snap of the fingers, and then it's just a bit like if you look at it like that, just from that point of view, it's so muddy. In comparison yeah, I, to something like Firefly. I think, yeah, the Mandalorian just seems to, as a character, he just seems to do whatever the plot needs him to do, which is kind of fine. He's a, a story in, vehicle, isn't he? Yeah, in, and that's kind of fine in a, you know, a Star Wars show where you're in it for the story that is Star Wars, like exploring the universe, but they're just not doing enough exploring. Like, you've got this really interesting thing of, a, of like, they found this, like, they found Baby Yoda. Yoda that's like a rare creature that's 50 years old. There's lots of so much like inf- interesting information about Baby Yoda, but he's just like, again, he's just sort of in the side, like kind of bumbling around drinking tea. Like, <laughs> he's just not, it's, I wanted at the end of that series for something to happen with that. And it's not. So that's, I think there's so, I do think there's so much potential in the Mandalorian because it is, it's, it's like, um, it's like Rogue One as well. It's like, it's really beautifully shot. Like, it looks incredible. What I wonder is how much good faith is Disney going to have with the Starfly fam... Uh, sorry. Starfly. <laughs> the Starfly. 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 The, the Starfly with the, uh, with the Star Wars fan base because, I mean, they destroyed the last film with just everything. Um, a, lot, a lot of goodwill. I know people liked it, but a lot of people didn't as well. Um and then the Mandalorian again. Some people really like it. Some people didn't. But you know those people that aren't liking it. How many? How how much is that having a waterfall effect now? That they can't keep relying on the vehicle of Star Wars to keep to keep people coming back. Because one of the big things that you've touched on is you want to explore the universe. You want to know more about the universe. But you've already got like the animated series on the Clone Wars, which is actually really good and expands really well and does it in a great way compared to like spin-off lore and stuff like that um when you see these live action variations and they it's it's just it doesn't kind of hold a candle to what people are expecting from source material i just yeah so 
there is so much they can do with it. They've got so many opportunities to push it forward. And I'm just really, I'm, what I really just hope from season two is that they take, like they've built a foundation now, I suppose. And they really sort of run with it. And they're not really, I don't want them to be afraid to sort of maybe take some risks and like go with some interesting stories instead of playing it quite safe, which they've I done. Just thinking ex- I was thinking exactly the same. Because I think with season one, they've played it very safe. They have. They've stuck very familiar. If you're just a, a big part of the audience has pretty much only seen the main films in the series, like a lot of them may not have read the books, may not have played the games, so the whole Mandalorian culture to them is still new. Yes. So I think they didn't want to ram too much of it down people's throats to begin with in case it didn't take. Yeah, that's very interesting because it's, have you, I'm assuming, have we all seen The Witcher? Yes. Yes. Because that's the exact opposite, isn't it? It's, it's got a, It's instead of um, not doing enough, they absolutely just throw everything at you and expect, expect it all to stick. And a lot of it doesn't really stick because there's just so much information. But they but both... it, it does. I think The Witcher, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think The Witcher does a lot more with that one season than The Mandalorian is could maybe do in three if they carry I on would, with this pace. I would absolutely agree with you. I'm a much bigger fan of The Witcher than I am The Mandalorian because I do think it is, it's relentless. And, I but they also, them both. They do similar... When you think about it, they do similar things because a lot of the earlier Witcher episodes, he's basically just on a... He's on jaunts again, like killing monsters. So he's doing similar things, but it's, it is developing his character more. But at the same time, you've got um, plot lines like the Yennefer plot line, which are going on behind it, but then build to a bigger... Um, finale, whereas that just didn't happen with the Mandalorian. There wasn't anything. You had the baby Yoda thing in the background, but it didn't build to anything. So, because... so what what we need to kind of come full circle with this is we've 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 touched on it. Didn't they didn't really do a lot with it? Um, the the plots and the vehicles were a bit higgledy piggledy. There's there's pacing issues throughout the season. So what what we've done is we've picked apart all the things yeah, wrong with it. Exactly. Like, <laughs> now, now we need to establish what we want from season two, boys. What about you, Sean? I feel like you were quite big. Were you, were you quite a big fan of it? Well, he likes it ever Firefly. Fuck me. He's yeah. he's the king of the <laughs> yeah, fandom right it. now. <laughs> love it. So, I I did like it. Like, I agreed though that it started well, dipped a bit in the middle, and then finished really well. Um. But I think Scott makes a good point about like who they're trying to serve because there will be people who only know Star Wars as the films and then there'll be other people coming to it who have watched The Clone Wars and Rebels, um, which I haven't seen any of those, so I have no idea if they feed into it at all um, and like the expanded universe because right at the end when Moff Gideon is cutting himself out of the um, TIE Fighter, I think I sent a message to you and said, like, oh, that was a funny looking lightsaber. And straight away, you said it was the dark saber. Yeah, yeah which is a big, big which is, piece of Mandalorian lore. Which is a big, yeah, which I had no idea is now like a big piece of Mandalorian lore. Like, apparently, it was created by the first Jedi or the first Mandalorian to become a Jedi. So I imagine, like, you're going to find out more about that in season two. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, so when I. When I watched that originally, I had no idea what that was. It was just literally Googling. <laughs> so, so James didn't know deeper law. He knows how to use that that Google search engine. <laughs> Gotta love a bit of Googling. Oh it's yeah, just, it just yeah, because it so because it was quite a big deal. Like when you were looking at the articles, everyone's like, he's got the dark like the dark saber is in 
uh, the finale. And it's for me, as someone who doesn't know anything about it, it meant nothing to me. Yeah, that's the thing. It was a massive, massive moment. As long as you knew what he was wielding. Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm going to suggest that most people don't. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this a step further and I say I completely missed him doing that altogether. So, <laughs> <laughs> what was you doing? Yeah, I mean, that how is... can you miss a lightsaber? He stands well, on top of it. Was, it. It was a it was a dark saber, fucking apparently. So maybe that's why. Doesn't he like stand on top of the tie fire with the dark saber in his yeah, hand? He made this big song and dance of the whole scene. Yeah, that's like a very superhero fantasy kind of thing, isn't it? Like you've had your moment and now you've got to. Stand and bask in them. I think. I think we. I think I remember the Mandalorian very differently to how you guys remember it because I just remember feeling disappointed. Did you even watch the same program? Well, yeah. I mean, Malcolm Reynolds. There was Serenity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't have anyone as good as Kaylee. <laughs> oh yeah, Sean, Sean's a massive fanboy of Kaylee. He sends me a message like, "I assume Kaylee's the favorite," and I was like. <laughs> I can't even. I'm just struggling to remember Kaylee. She was the mechanic. Oh, she the one yes. with the umbrella. What? <laughs> so obscure. It's, it's Malcolm Reynolds. He's the he's the captain of Serenity. He's the man. He's the man. Yeah, he's the man. Okay, who would win? The Mandalorian or Malcolm Reynolds? The Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian easily. I don't know. He'd struggle know. a bit and then um, blast him with his like flamethrower. Yeah, exactly. His mouth's just got like a pistol. Like it would just bounce off his helmet. <laughs> Yeah, but he's he's a he's a sneaky guy. He'd probably sneak behind. Yeah, it depends. If it's a if it's like a one on one cage match, like the Mandalorian's <laughs> going to win. But if he's got time to prepare, I reckon Mal's going to have it. <laughs> Mal's going to have him. <laughs> he's going to have him. He'll do he'll do something sneaky. He'll get someone else to kill him. He'll like set a trap, and, and Mando just be like, "Hmm." Plot, he'll set Jane on trap. It. Hmm. I don't understand this plot trap. <laughs> so. If you enjoyed it more than certainly me and Ryan did, anyway, Sean, like, what do you what do you want to come on the next season? Well, I think, like you said, like the main thing is to find out more about Baby Yoda. So obviously, he's got the mission now to go and try and find out where he came from to reunite him with his own species. So hopefully, we find out about more about that. Um, I think there's a lot of people that want that to happen because there's so little known about Yoda species. There's almost like no official law whatsoever. It's it's really fascinating, isn't it? Because every single piece of like Star Wars has been put into some sort of comic or extra little story, or like there's always been something. Like all the people in the um, bar on Tatooine, uh, more so, no, more even. Um, they're like every single person in there has their own comic and backstory, but for some reason we know nothing about like the Yoda species. I know. I remember reading about this. I think George Lucas said that he deliberately tried to make the character as enigmatic as possible to kind of drive through, like in the early days, um, anyway, kind of to drive through him being, you know, the uh, not like Master of the Jedi, but like just that one of those core foundation level characters. And, and you know, obviously Yoda is hundreds of hundreds of years old. Um, so he wanted the species to kind of remain as kind of as blank slate as possible for I think the fans to kind of connect dots and do the whole digging into other laws, try and connect the pieces just to, just to create that, you know, that um, enigma spectrum around it. Yeah, In the entire sort of nine movies, there's only 
you only ever see two of them. You see Yoda and I believe Yaddle yeah. on the council. Yeah. But interesting that Yaddle is also like the only two you have are force users and then Baby Yoda is obviously a force user. So there's got to be some link to the force with that species. Yeah, hopefully they find some people who know what the force is. That would be good. Yes. Oh, yeah, we were talking about this, weren't we? It's, just, it's kind of nuts that no one seems to understand what the force is. Because, like... It's only five years since, like, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, who was... What, what's the shock trooper called? Cara Dune. Cara Dune. So, yeah, Sean was pointing out the other day, like, she, like, she fought in the Rebellion, so she must know... She must have known of Luke Skywalker and the fact that he was, like, a Jedi. Well, even the fact that we know that there's this dark saber, which is apparently some kind of amazing piece of Mandalorian lore, like a big achievement, that there was obviously a Mandalorian Jedi... The it's it. Thing. it didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be some sort. There seems to be some sort of like mind control thing going through the universe. Like it's just like some voice in everyone's ear when they go to sleep. Forget about the force. Has, yeah, even if ha- you watch the main films, you um, Han Solo has to tell Finn and Ray that everything they've heard, like the rumors, are true. I think the yeah. universe is such a big place that a lot of stuff is passed off as legend. Especially does make, the Jedi fell. It does it does make sense because like if something happened on the other side of the like if something happened in like China and there was like this rumour of someone who was magic and maybe they actually were magic, if you heard about it, you'd just say, Oh, it's it's not real. So that's the other side of the country, like the other side of the world, even imagine if like it was you know, your um like systems apart. In, unless um has is there any is there any on record stuff about it deliberately trying to separate itself from the movies or is it supposed to exist like in the same timeline? Well, it's, I think it exists definitely in the same timeline. Yeah, it definitely does because um yeah. So there's three new characters that have been announced for season two. Do you know about these? I know about one. Lay it on me. Is it Malcolm Kaylee? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so Ahsoka Tano, is that how you say it? Who is Anakin's I so. Padawan, Anakin's who was yeah, introduced in the Clone Wars movie. Um, she's going to be in it. So I haven't is seen the Clone Wars animated series. Well, she, so she's confirmed in it, but the actress isn't yet confirmed. Rosario Dawson, I think, is confirmed. Uh, she's rumoured. Uh, has that been confirmed now? I thought it had. Um, yeah, so she's a Jedi, so... She's obviously survived Order sixty six, and um, so is yeah, she, is she, she well. going to bring the law and the and the force with her? Is she? Maybe she is. <laughs> so, do, do you know what it sounds like? Another story vehicle character. Yeah. Well, also, you, um, Boba Fett's going to be in it. Do we know about this? Yes, Boba Fett is uh, coming, and his his actor has been confirmed. Yeah, Django Fett. <laughs> <laughs> So is it confirmed that it's definitely going to be Boba Fett? Because we yes. had this discussion. It is. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident that confirmed Boba Fett is coming. Because I was, because I know it's the actors confirmed. I was like, I was hoping that they might do an ex uh, clone trooper. Because obviously they all look like Jango Fett. No, I think uh, he's no, definitely Boba. Bo- definitely, definitely Boba. Boba. <laughs> but it sounds Boba. like it's quite a small rough part. So it might just be like a cameo or one episode. Or even like a flashback. Could yeah, a I flashback. think there's a possibility there's a flashback. 
If the flashback is just of him dying, I'll fucking die. <laughs> it's so good. Well, probably. I you know in um, Return of the Jedi, you see Boba Fett fall into the Sarlacc pit. But if anybody's read the books, Boba Fett is, I believe, the first person to actually escape from the Sarlacc pit. So he, he didn't die in Return of the Jedi. But whether so he's alive kept... in like, the canon. Yeah. Well, whether it's official canon of the Disney's taken over is a different story. But it was that he survived the Sarlacc pit. Well, if he survives, then it, yeah, it could very well be that the same timeline, you know, a hundred percent confirmed, and you know, it carrying on in in that fashion. Because um, I think it was the episode where they were in Tatooine um, ended with the the assassin um, got shot and probably killed, and then there was like the mysterious pair of boots that um, yeah, yeah kind of so came up to that, that body yeah some people think that was boba fett see i thought when we saw that 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 might be a reveal they brought in but so, then nothing happened with that at all yeah exactly yeah so it, it does seem like there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of threads like maybe this series should have just kept going a couple more maybe, episodes yeah. could have uh painted a bigger picture and that's probably and the, then... that's probably probably a problem with them only doing like 20 to 30 minute episodes like there's not a lot of time to expand I, su- I suppose as well, Disney have the advantage here in that, you know, typically when, you know, there are these hit seasons and series and things like that, you get a hell of a lot more inf- um, information when it goes to like Blu-ray and then you can hear the director's commentary and all the snippets and all these bits and bobs. But because it's literally delivered solely through that Disney streaming platform, you don't get any of that insight. So Disney is the entire um, is in control from you know start to finish. With the narrative who was the um who's the oh, yeah, one more um so any of you guys seen battlestar galactica oh yeah of course no. yeah so katie no. sackhoff is coming oh uh, yeah i saw that oh i was, saw that. I was like yes <laughs> yes as someone called bo katan who is someone she voices in the clone wars animated series apparently but i don't oh, know yeah i was reading about this this week i don't know much about her i wonder if she's gonna then if she comes back into it i wonder if she's gonna start appearing in all the like the nerd stuff that she did after Battlestar she was in everything even in the Big Bang yeah she was yeah so what are we wrapping this segment up with <laughs> I think the conclusion is like everyone we're all I think we're all quite positive about the next season I'm pretty sure we're all going to watch it but there's definitely some there's definitely some room for improvement particularly with just progressing both both of the characters and the plot like there's a lot of stuff they can do with it they just didn't seem to do that much in season one yeah, so the season pacing two, a little bit as well through the pacing the character development and just basically everything in almost everything in general <laughs> let's be let's be honest basically just take just kick it up again you know yeah you've just got just give us more mandalorian so guys we're moving on to our final piece have you heard that tenant might be delayed and it could have a huge impact for the rest of the movie industry right so um, a lot of movies at the moment are obviously being pushed back. Like we've seen, um, what was it? Mulan's being pushed back. James Bond was one of the early ones to be pushed back. Black Widow. Um, what was that? Sorry. Black Widow. Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. Fast um, and Furious. Fast and Furious. So many are being pushed back. Um, one that sort of hasn't made a decision yet was Tenet, which is the big Christopher Nolan film that has been scheduled to come out in. It's, it's July, isn't it? Yeah. So it's July. So there's a there's a lot of talk at the moment about the idea of if they do move it, we may not actually get any new films this side of 2020. 
because if they if tenant if it like in, by July the, by July the thinking is that lockdown is going to be it's still going to be sort of in place but the social distancing is going to allow people to go to the cinema I think I think the idea is you can like sit a few seats apart or something I'm not entirely sure of it but the idea is basically cinemas are going to be open so if tenant even with cinemas open if tenants is pushed back it is basically saying that this massive movie isn't going to be successful and then all the studios are going to take this an example and be like if they don't think they can make money we definitely can't make money so until the coronavirus thing is completely over we're not going to see any brand new films in the cinema which is obviously shit (laughs) so that's what shit this week james that is exactly what shit this week because like it's not even that like obviously we want to see tenant like it's it, the concept behind the film sounds really really interesting it's because it's a it's a crime drama that's set through time isn't it it's like a time traveling crime drama so the whole concept sounds great but you know if they move it back that's fine like this has to happen but it's that idea of if everything's going to be gone like can you imagine like if we're not going to get like the last film what's the last like new film that came out of the cinema before lockdown started it's like a fucking one with vin diesel yeah it's the last film i saw at the cinema bloodshot, Was it bloodshot? bloodshot. yeah i actually bloodshot. I saw that as well i'm sure you loved it it's terrible oh okay <laughs> that's a shock <laughs> that, 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 that's your official review it actually popped up on the Apple Movies. Um, uh, I looked at it yesterday, and it it so it's only just kind of come onto the platform, and it was already out for rental for one ninety nine. <laughs> that is tragic. Was and so yeah, that's the thing. If if Tenet is pushed back, and everyone else goes with that trend because they're concerned about the finances of their films, yeah, we're not seeing anything. New. We're not seeing anything come out here because a lot of and a lot of movies aren't going direct to streaming either because of. The fact that like studios will lose money from the streaming, like the streaming industry, because obviously they're not getting the seat the seat sales in the same way. So, yeah, we could be looking at no new films or big blockbuster films until next year. Now, it's it's interesting that um, that the studios have the um, ability. Obviously, they have like ultimate control of distribution and release and things like that, but it's interesting that they have um kind of that final say level of control and it impacts the movie industry so much when if you look at comparatively the um the gaming industry is having a boom at the moment because everyone's at home everyone's playing games but there was um a big title the last of us part two was actually uh was actually like kind of like finished it was on track to launch um uh i think in may and um, then they decided, oh, no, you know, this is not the right time to release this because of everything that's going on. Completely fair, completely valid. People have been waiting for this game for like seven years. But then loads of uh, after they actually announced that loads of leaks started coming out with the ending of the game, some early gameplay. So it was literally ruining it the longer they were delaying releasing it. So now they put the release back on on track for um, it's coming out in June. Uh, so it's coming out next month the gaming industry ha- doesn't have that ultimate luxury that the movie industry does because of these leaks and things that are coming out. So what do we get if the cinemas start to open, but there's no new films? Are they just going to start doing reruns? Well, that would be good. But I think like, one of the issues is <laughs> if, um, if cinemas do open, will people want to go? Yeah. And then can you socially distance in a cinema? Because you can sell alternate rows or whatever. Um, yeah, 
but you're still going to get like a situation say like we're sitting on the aisle say and there's some people in the middle and then they want to go for a piss during the film and they have to like squeeze past you yeah it does after every screen and then each screen itself is going to have to have a deep clean every seat is going to have to be wiped down so the show there'll be a longer gap so they want to have any uh, as many showings through the day as they normally would so and yeah then, i think it's a view then, isn't it in the uk view have said that they're going to look at opening given the, the the relaxation in the in the rules and but and then do you also do they also then end up charging more money for tickets because they can't fill the seats so they have to charge money but that's the other thing right how often is the cin- cinema screen actually full like obviously the one we go to is eight it's got eight screens and it's barely ever half full i would say yeah so it just depends on the film yeah yeah, like apart from like the opening night of avengers or star wars or something i went to to the midnight screen of avengers endgame and my local view has 12 screens and every single seat was sold out wow we went to endgame at like eight in the morning and there was barely one there I think I think we waited two weeks because it was just like packed every single night, and then when we finally went to see it, it was uh, I think it was about half full. Super fan yeah, right here. Super fan. Uh, the uh, other point mid- though, I went said... on the midnight release. While um, my wife, my my wife and kids were on holidays at the time. They were visiting her sister in America, and I went on midnight release because I didn't want to risk any spoilers. And then my son came home two days later, and I took him again, and it was almost as full. Really. Genuinely. Well, yeah, you do hear people like there are some crazy people. I remember reading something about someone who went and saw, I think it was Captain Marvel. They literally went and saw it like every single day that it was out. They had like 300 tickets that they had proof that they kept going again and again and again. Wow. You can't keep people away from these Marvel films, <sighs> except with coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I've they- seen every single Marvel film in cinema except one. I never got to see Doctor Strange. Did you know? Oh, I saw that in 3D. That was so good in 3D. Yeah, I saw it in 3D as well. You kind of had to, didn't you? I, you asked me, didn't you? I, I said, if you're going to watch it, watch it in 3D. Got to go up a 3D IMAX. It's three... supposed to just, just trippy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of those films that really complimented seeing it in 3D in the cinema. One of the, literally one of the only ones. So I think, um, so I think bringing it back to, um, you know, the, the question is so if this does get, um, pushed and then everything else is pushed uh, what if the cinemas are looking to open yeah they're not going to have anything to show yes they could show reruns but then the very good point of cinemas are naturally packed places especially like when you're trying to get tickets and stuff with all the all the restrictions about two meters and all this kind of things going all over the place do would you really think people would risk that that say their health for number one then number two, um, an increase, a potential increase in ticket prices if it does happen. Number three, not even seeing new films, like it just exactly. seems like it's bound to fail. Exactly. So you're looking at look going out of the house to a place where you risk getting um, the virus to see a movie that you can watch in your home. You're then probably paying like because they do classic movie nights in the cinemas near here, like what well, they used to, and it, it were always cheaper tickets because it's a movie that you can get at home. So you're not going to pay more for it, are you? I suppose you've got to kind of look at it geographically as well, because as much as we say we may not go to the cinema because we don't want to risk our health, you've only got to look at the current affairs in America to see all the people protesting yeah. about their freedoms being taken away. And 
for their marketplace. Well, they were protesting in London yesterday. Yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, but that's the other thing, though. It's like, do you have to wait for a global calendar? Um, <laughs> because normally movies like are released in America and here in the, in the same, if not the same day, the same week or so, aren't they? So if America is ready to open cinemas and we're not, do they get Black Widow and we just have to wait? I don't think I don't think Disney would risk that now. I think they want the full because yeah, that's what I mean. So like, if you have to like the Asian market, I think is like massive for like Fast and Furious and stuff, which is why straight away they delayed that till next summer. They didn't bother wait until August or whatever. They said straight away we'll wait till twenty twenty one. Yeah, they, so they, they would they would face the backlash of say like releasing it in say America and then all the leaks and stuff coming out like people would just get it spoiled and then they would lose yeah, revenue from that, which means the wait would could potentially be even longer. It, it's really interesting as well because with no films being filmed during this period, and then if we get pushed back um, even further for movies, it's gonna we're basically gonna have this backlog of like. We're going to have films that have basically been filmed already that come out, and then there's going to be a period where there's no new films that haven't been made because they've got to then develop them all. Yeah, so apparently if, you can start filming again in London now. Yeah. Will people do it though? I don't know. Socially distanced filming. <laughs> <laughs> one of the films, one of the films that was was filming and got shut down was the Batman. Um, oh really? Yeah, and um, which was filming in London, so apparently that can start up again if. Um, if they want to, is is that why Robert Patterson is trapped in that um like apartment in London? Because <laughs> of it, probably cause yeah, because like Matt there. Damon is stranded in Ireland apparently because he was film filming something. He's been there for months. That's funny. It's, it's like even if you can film it, would, why would why would you bother if you can't release it for another year and a half? If like cause, as well as like the the slate of releases is just going to be so packed next year because all the all the films. It, that would have come out this year, I think, and be pushed into like those months, because studios hate releasing big films side by side, don't they? Because you you damage your profits. Well, it still happens that you still get big ones next to next to one another, and, they, and then they you compete do. and they fight. But at a slower rate. So then, if there's so if there's loads already, if you've got a completely packed schedule for next year, then no one's going to want to make a movie and then try and release it next year because it's not going to go anywhere. You know, the more that, the more that we've, we've spoken about this, I think that literally the sensibler it seems for them to just release everything at a later date because there's so many health risks, there's so many um, issues with releasing in one place and not in another, and then there's losing the revenue altogether. Uh, well, not altogether, but losing a good chunk of cinema revenue from tickets if you just release onto digital, which is, um, I don't know if you have actually looked at any of those new ones that went to... Um, like streaming platforms, I think it was like sixteen pounds, so it was the the price of yeah. a like an adult ticket, but your whole family could watch it. So what? So if say there's five of you, they're losing out on like five times that if they if the family had gone to the cinema. So the the loss is there either way. Um, either way, they're looking to do it if they released it. So we've literally just answered our own concern: is that no one should release anything until this is all over. <laughs> yeah. Which is a real shame, and that's why this segment is called "What Shit This Week." Yeah, as shit as this sounds, and as shit as this is, this is the shit that we're in. So that's been the podcast, guys. That's been our first episode of many, many to come. Um, James is going to be writing a, a thousand-word piece to go with this. So if you just want to get cliff notes, just 
look at the summary section at the top and ignore the rest of what he's written. That'll and be coming out in two weeks' time. <laughs> stay alert, <laughs> stay safe, and Firefly is better than The Mandalorian. <laughs>